Imagine being arrested for trying to win a video game. DDoSing. Yeah. <laughs> for DDoSing your opponents in a Rainbow Six Siege match. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege, what we like about Siege. What we don't like about Siege. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. We've got a great episode today because we have an update from Ubisoft about DDoSing and how that's been affecting Siege since the release of Ember Rise. It's like it's actually pretty cool, all the information they're giving us and what they're doing to combat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to do Operator Spotlights, which I haven't done in a little while, so I'm going to Give us some fuse uh, analysis and fun knowledge and <laughs> and speculation and <laughs> I don't know lots of stuff. And I will help. And you're gonna talk about Twitch. Good old Twitch. Everybody loves Twitch. Not right? Twitch.tv, but Twitch the operator. Well, maybe both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and then listener questions, of course. So that's what we got planned for you guys today. Um, also, okay, I have a little bit of a theory. Okay. Oh my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> I know. Ember Rise is out. Ember Rise. And the ops are now available for everybody to play. Oh yeah, by that's the, way. the thing. Operators are... Okay, wait. Also, before my theory. Um, yes, operators are available for everybody. Go buy Amaro and Goyu if you've been waiting on that. And we are doing a community play day on October the 4th, which is a Friday. Uh, we'll probably start around 7 p.m. Mountain. So that's 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. Is that sound reasonable? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, we'll, I mean, we'll get more specific about it as we go forward. We're going to do um, like an inter-community, intra-community tournament. Uh, so what we've done is one of our mods has created, um, like a Google survey thing where you can go in and say, okay, you know, here's my Uplay name. Here's what my rank is. So we can try to get like somewhat even teams. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll put that out in the discord this week. If you're planning to come play, please go sign up for that. And we'll try to build out some fairly equal teams. We'll create a little bracket and we'll go through and have a little championship uh, thing and you'll play for bragging rights until the next community play day of being the winner. Maybe we'll have a special discord role. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of maybe a cool prize that we can give, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We'll think of maybe, maybe we'll do like, should we do like a gift card prize or something? Or like freaking you play like not you play credits, but like rainbow six credits. Yeah. We'll, th- we'll think of something. See if we can get some sort of prize or something. That'd be that'd be super cool. But yeah, if you're planning to play, look out for that survey. Um, and we'll try to make sure everybody can have somewhat fairly equal teams. Um, yeah. And th- that should be a really, really good time. So again, that's October the 4th. It'll be sometime around 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, okay. Here's my theory. When you now log in to uh, Rainbow Six Siege... And you go to the operators tab. They have this whole new um, design for that, which is really cool. And when you open the operators tab, it shows you a random attacker and a random defender. Unless you choose them to be. Can you choose who's there? You can, like when you click on the operators, you can say uh, preview or not preview, showcase. Showcase is operator. And so when you open it up, mine's always sledge and doc now. Yeah, sledge and doc are always on the screen. Okay, that's cool. And then does it show like the current uh, uniforms? Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Maestro is going to be there soon for me. But anyway, when you go there, it shows like the you know the three. The thing is with Ryan's, 
who you can put them all on there, but they all look the same because they all have the same like cowboy headgear and they stuff from Showdown. <laughs> because you spent way too much money on that whole pack. Way too much. Um, I'm going to have to probably start taking some of those off because some of them are not that great. But Maestro's is gold. That's um, what they went for, actually. They went to go take the gold. Yes. I uh, spent all my gold on Maestro's. Anyway. Anyway, so there's there's uh, two guys. Um, blah, blah, blah. And behind them, on the one side, is a is like a background of a shooting range. And it looks like a 3D modeled space. I mean, it could just be a picture or whatever, but it looks like it's a 3D modeled space. I suspect we have a shooting range coming in a near update. So does Reddit. Really? Does Reddit have been saying that? Yeah. Because of this? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I I don't think. So I just want everybody to know anything, I came up with that theory on my own. Because I didn't that grab that already from existed when they made Tachanka's video. It's the same. Like all those operator videos are in that little arena place. Uh, yeah, but that's that's so, like a that's a three D video. That's not the same as a modeled. That's true, but it could be space. a it could be a modeled space. It, that's where Maybe they, they record all the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Which, I don't know. But okay, so the but community's been asking for this for so long. Oh yeah, I think it would be completely tone deaf to use that as a background uh, and if and it not, was not coming. Yeah. Like, so tone deaf. And and if not, like, if, if they weren't planning on it, hopefully there's enough uh, excitement for it now that they're seeing that it could be coming. But I think that would be so amazing because Siege has this problem where you just don't get enough time shooting the guns. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I guess you can go to Terrorist Hunt, you know, and they've also improved Terrorist Hunt a lot recently. It's so much better. It's it's way better. Uh, but but like there is a sort of a problem of just you don't have a really good way to test out different guns and see what it feels like. It'd be nice if there was a shooting range, and particularly if you could like just swap attachments in and out right, and see exactly what it feels what it like. Needs. It doesn't just need a shooting range where you can spawn in and shoot at targets. It has to be like you are in and you can just change your gun with a menu or like open a box and change your gun and change yes. that like right there where you don't have to reload. Yes. To pick a new operator. Like, no, yep. that's not what we need. <laughs> it's not what we want. No. Yeah. That'd be, that would be useless, but something where you could, uh, just quickly try out. Okay. I want to try, uh, uh, vertical versus angled grip. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's, that's my theory. I'm, if I had to guess, I'd say <laughs> first half of year five, Okay. Same as removing beta ranked from beta. Ranked no longer has a beta tag, by the way. First half that's, of year that's four. That's actually mentioned in the they released like a designer's notes of like all the playlist changes. There's nothing new in there at all, but they bragged again it was time for the beta tag to come off. Wait, did it just come off this season? No, it came off last season with okay. the Pikmin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was just like okay. <laughs> it was a big deal and it's like guys, sure. come on. <laughs> Whatever. But Cool, it's gone. And ranked actually is better now, I think, than it has ranked been. Ranked is better. But you know what's funny? We played four ranked matches, which is not that much for how long the season's been out. But we played four, and of the four, we get Skyscraper as one of the maps. Yeah, how? we did. How? Well, I mean, it's like a one in seven? One in, no, one I mean, in if we played 11? four, that's one in four chance that we... Or if we played four, it's a 33% chance that we How many maps are there now? 12. 12. Okay. So one in... So Thirty-three percent chance that we got it. But I, I keep just, thinking it's seven. Is that on. what the pro league competitive ranked yeah. competitive maps are? Seven. Okay. And they talk about how they want it to be more like they, that's the one thing they mentioned in that playlist that they wanted it in the update is they wanted that to be more like pro league. And it's like okay, well, fourteen so and twelve wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I 
whatever. At least, like, even out the number, like, you should have gone to 11 then or 10 because 7 between 14, like, at least go to the middle. That's it. Yeah, closer uh, step. I, I think they're really trying to balance between the, like, really hardcore fan base that wants to get to the smaller, very much more competitive thing versus... Yeah. I'm sure the much larger, wider fan base of people who would be upset by the lack of variety. Well, so, now they have unranked, so I'd be fine with unranked having like 12 maps and ranked having seven. Yeah, totally. Because like I, I think the purpose of unranked, at least the way they've explained it, what have I understood from what they've explained, is to like sort of prepare you for ranked and have like a less, um, for lack of a better term, less sweaty. Yeah, uh, playlist where you can take it a little bit more seriously, and you have the same rules as ranked, but but it's not as serious. I don't think that the map pool really has any uh, uh, impact on your enjoyment of unranked as compared to ranked. Yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'd say it still does because I don't want to play skyscraper at all, and playing that in unranked, you're still stuck there for. Well, so then you're asking for the same. Of, yeah, I guess so. Playlist as ranked, right? Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah. So Ryan thinks that there's going to be a shooting range first half of year five. I say, I mean, I could see that like first half of year five, but then like, is this a teaser for that then? Like, I'm just how, kind of being facetious, how, but yeah, I know. but like how soon does something have to come out for something to have been a teaser for X object? I mean, they like I'm trying to think of like the most ancient teasers. Like they've, they've been teasing Avengers stuff for like ever before, like, first avengers movie okay, and then true. you well, know let's, like, let's 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 narrow it down to our game i guess they teased destiny back in halo 3 odst yes and that was so it's like let's, obscure of a teaser that nobody yeah. noticed it but let's still. take it to ubisoft though let's take it to rainbow six siege specifically i mean we still don't know what april 14th ed is do we they teased bartlett two years before they came true. into the game <laughs> yeah all right i guess there is no time limit between it just has to be in there thought yeah, they do, teased... we, do we know what that April 14th date is or no? Is that still a mystery? ED. What's supposed to be about April 14th? There's like all those calendars Erectile everywhere. Erectile dysfunction? That... No. <laughs> There's all those calendars on like all the maps and the 14th of April is circled and it says ED in it. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's the same on all of them. I don't know if it's supposed to be anything. What the... It's just, a, I think it's just an asset. That they just reused. That, yeah, that they're I mean, reusing. April 4th. Maybe it's somebody's birthday. Did you see Maybe that video it. that Leo Vader at Game Informer made with uh, the map designer? No. Oh, it's hilarious. I tweeted it out recently um, on our R6, at R6 Unrenowned account. Um, it's very funny. He really? asked him about very specific details of the maps. Uh, like, I guess there's a brand, I'm trying to remember, the, like Vertex or something like that, that's like the brand of like everything that has a brand name on it. So like the washing machines and like the cereal boxes and like just like random stuff that all has the same brand name. Uh And he's like, what is that brand? And like, he just asked him about like all these like really silly things. What did the guy say to that done? I'm curious. Um, he didn't have like great answers for most of it, but just like the questions themselves were funny. Interesting. So it's a, yeah, it was, it was a really good interview. You should check it out. If you haven't seen that, just search, uh, Game Informer, um, Rainbow Six Maps or something. And also, I'll link it in the show notes. But it's funny. Good job, Leo Vader. GJ, sir. Um, okay. That's my theory. Um, 
Also, we had a request from, I think it was Buzzard Jaman in the Discord that we talk about shotgun buffs. Do you want to do that before we do the uh, DDoS stuff, or should we do DDoS first? Mm, let's talk about shotgun buffs first. Okay, shotgun buffs. What do you have to say about shotguns? They're really good in Battlefield. <laughs> okay. You did make a Battlefield shotgun montage. I did. You should actually check that out because it's pretty good. Yeah, it's on his YouTube channel, which is just hello with three O's. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Um, shotguns and siege. So I don't use shotguns a lot in siege, and that's because I feel like they're very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, when the game first came out, I used to use the M870 a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to think if anything's changed since then or if I just got better at like siege shooting, and so now it's more favorable to it's use other guns. Siege changed where people just decided or understood that headshots are... Just the way people play yeah. siege, and people don't like rush in as Mm-mm. as dumbly anymore, and it's harder to get close to somebody to get into shotgun right. range and do stuff. That's probably true, but I remember the M870 being a lot of fun, especially mm-hmm. in like closed beta, like in the very, very early stages of the game. I played a lot of Bandit with the M870, and that was way fun. And it, shotguns just don't have that fun factor for me anymore. Um, I, I just always feel like I'm at a huge disadvantage. Yeah, the only time I could think of like playing a shotgun is like pulse from below, but even then I just don't because what happens if you run into someone in a hallway? Like you can't. Right. You're in a pickle. Yeah, so like it's hard to balance because auto shotguns, like if you make shotguns too good, then auto shotguns become like really not fun to play mm-hmm. against. Right. Um what I would like to see out of shotguns in Siege and in really in all games is like stop pretending like they're only effective at two feet. Right? Like so if you look at Battlefield Four, that's like a really great example of shotguns that like obviously you can't shoot at the guy who's a hundred yards away shooting you with an assault rifle and a three X scope. But like somebody who is let's say like it's it's always hard to measure distance in games, right? But somebody right. who's like twenty feet away from you, if you ADS with a shotgun, you're doing like forty damage with each hit, right? Yeah. Um and it feels like you're hitting them. Whereas like a lot of times with shotguns, if you're shooting at somebody who's more than like just a few feet in front of you, it feels like you're not doing anything because you right. can see the pellets spreading out as like this ultra wide yeah. angle. It's like, that doesn't seem right. Like when no. I shoot at a clay pigeon, it doesn't seem like my pellets <laughs> are so large that I don't even have to be aiming at the pigeon to hit it. Right. Um, and it, it just feels so much more satisfying. And then battlefield four is just such a great example when like you can see the pellets going toward them and obviously not all of them hit, but like they're going in the direction that you shot. And if you shot accurately, you're getting a significant amount of damage and he's still going to beat you. If he has an SMG or an assault rifle and he ADSs you well and you have right. a, you have a one-on-one fight, you know, like he's probably going to beat you, but you're doing damage, you know, and like I I love that. Like I love to be and like it should shoot slower, right? Pump action or whatever. Like it should be it should have its disadvantages, and like at close range it should be dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like you can balance shotguns in a way where they're not trash at range. This is the problem with siege is like there's so many instances where everything is close range Mm -hmm. where it's hard to like make that balance. Whereas like battlefield, there's majority of the time the range is far. So like using a shotgun and like getting close, you are extremely powerful because your shotgun does have good range, but just not in these wide expanses of open battlefield. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the same thing as like hip fire, like hip fire in battlefield is amazing. Like very, very good. good. Mm -hmm. Like I use it more than half the time I'm shooting at people. But it's like in Siege, if you ever hip fire, even if they're right on top of you, you are stupid. Yeah. Like you never hip fire in Siege because right. it just doesn't work. And that's because 
everything's close quarters. So if you make hip fire really good, then there's no reason to aim down sights almost but, ever. I mean, and can't you make something good within five feet without being yeah. <laughs> good, like at a distance? Like I yeah, feel like. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you know, Call of Duty hip fire in Call of Duty is not great. Like if they're not close to you, you shouldn't be using hip fire. Right. Uh, and, and when I talk about Call of Duty, I'm usually talking about s- stuff from like Call of Duty Four up through like Black Ops, because that's really all that I've put significant time into. But um, you know, when I when I'm using my MP5 in Call of Duty Four, and somebody comes around the corner, yeah, don't ADS. You're much more effective being able to move faster and everything and right. without with the hip fire. Um, but you're hitting them because they're close mm-hmm. enough. Right. But like, I don't understand why we can't have that in Siege. Like, why is it that in Siege, I'm waiting for somebody to come around a corner. I know they're coming and I know they're at low health. So I hip fire because I just need to get one shot, you know, and I want to make sure that I that I have like the the uh, dexterity, I guess, to to sway onto them and hit them. Uh-huh. And I don't hit him. And he came right around the corner right in front of me. And it, like I put out 10 bullets and didn't hit him. It's almost like bodies are like when you're hit firing, like the bullets go away from the body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're detracted or something. Or something. <laughs> I I don't know what happened, but that's what it feels like. It's the same with like shooting drones when you're hip firing. Like sometimes you're like, there is no way that I did not hit that drone. Like yeah. with the amount of times I was shooting right at it. Yeah. Um, But anyway, we're talking about shotguns. You did that, yeah, or I guess you never did the math. But I never you had did that it. experience with like the somebody nitro, threw a nitro. and I shot like thirteen bullets or something, and my crosshairs were in it the whole time. I yeah. didn't hit it. I was like, "Are you serious? Yeah, how?" And like, I get, yeah, there should be a significant advantage to ADSing with your accuracy and all that stuff. Like, yes, totally. But if somebody's standing in front of me, and I have a semi-automatic, we- I mean, uh, uh, like a submachine gun. I'm going to hit that person, even if I don't bring it up to my face. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that hard. <laughs> no, it's not. You point and shoot. I mean, even in, like, if you go to, like, these people that are these gun guys that you're trying to, like, learn self-defense, they'll tell you if you see someone, just point and shoot. Like, don't focus on trying to aim. Just point at them and start shooting. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit them if they're within 15 feet of you. Yeah. Like, you don't have to look down the sights. Yeah, um, so, that, so that, I mean, that's one thing. I really wish hip fire could be improved in Siege to be more effective. Yeah. Um, especially because Siege doesn't have like jumping, right? And like that's one thing that always gets a little bit weird about FPS when you can jump around, you get the bunny hopping yeah, right. and the hip fire and like all that stuff and mix it together in weird and annoying ways. Like Siege doesn't have jumping. So like I don't understand why we can't have a hip fire that that's good. Right. Um, and bringing that back to shotguns, like you're not jumping around with a shotgun, spreading behind people and jumping in circles and Yeah, and like a lot of siege is close range, so it seems like shotguns should be more effective than they are. Right, right. Like if they were decent at all, then they should be a, a decent choice sometimes, but they're just not. I feel like part of it too comes down to the one shot headshot mechanic, where like you're at such a disadvantage at long range because you can't get that headshot, and they mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just that kills you with the shotgun. Like there's nothing, even if they were good at five, ten feet, if they're fifteen feet away and they can get the headshot. So how does how do shotguns work with the pellets or like with the BBs? Um, like, is it just if any of the BBs hits their head, it's a one shot kill? I don't think so. Is it different? I could be wrong. Like, I don't know. I don't like really know how it works. Um, I, I, I wouldn't think it is because then that would say if you, if one of them touched their head and you were 15, 20 feet away, right. That it would dead, be an instant kill, which, that's... which would make sense why they're so terrible at range. Right. right? Uh, but you and can definitely get headshots with shotguns. I know yeah, you can. Totally. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe it is like that sensitive where if just one of the BBs hits their head, then it's in headshot and they're dead. And so maybe that's why the spread is so large so that it's it's like not 
likely that you. I don't hit think them. that's the case though, because I don't think I've ever encountered someone with a shotgun shooting at me at range and been like, "Are you serious?" We should test this. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a thing, but we should test it. But like, you think shotguns should be better in siege? Yeah, I Would do. Well, I think part of the problem too is like destruction, and they've they've mentioned that they're trying to increase destruction on shotguns. Yeah, that would be huge if you could do better destruction reliably, almost like Buck Skeleton. Why is it different than Buck Skeleton Key? Right, like. Shouldn't they destroy almost the same? But then how does Buck Skeleton Key have... Uh, I um, guess because he gets both a shotgun and a rifle. But yeah. so do so many other people. So many other people have a shotgun as a secondary weapon. I guess. So how do you true. differentiate Buck Skeleton Key? Yeah, I guess. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I guess it doesn't have to open like as big of holes as Buck's. But I feel like the destru- like, destruction of floors, too, is huge. Like It sometimes just doesn't destroy between the beams and stuff. Right. That's something that they increased. They changed and fixed with Sledge's Hammer. That didn't used to destroy between both sides of the beams uh-huh. on floors. I guess that's one thing I'm not considering with shotguns is that they do have that property of um, destruction, which is a big mm-hmm. point in their favor in Siege. And so like that's sort of like the balancing act of choosing a shotgun over another gun. But right. then there is that thing of like so many, especially newer operators, have a shotgun secondary where it's like, okay, well then why would I ever pick somebody for a, with a primary of a shotgun? Right. Um, the like the other thing to consider is like the auto shotguns, and I, but I think you could balance well enough where it's like okay, auto shotguns are going to have a lot of kick, and like maybe at range they're not as uh, not as precise, whereas like semi-auto shotguns or um, pump action shotguns, you know, as you get farther down that that road, if it takes longer for your next shot, right. that should be more and more accurate, and more and more powerful. Um, and like I, a lot of other games have balanced this. I just don't understand why why Siege can't find a way to make shotguns fun, even if even if they're not as good. Like at least make them more fun. Yeah, I, I mean, like what? Like I guess the thing is like what determines your fun? Like right, that's subjective. I guess it's just so hard because like with Battlefield, for example, like I'll play with the shotgun. Like that's all I have played since I unlocked it. I literally like. For a couple of minutes, I will change a class and play something else. But yeah. it's like, I talking, just shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. You're talking Battlefield 5 right now, Battlefield for, 5, to be clear. Right. Um, and the reason I think it's fun, like, I'll go and I'll die four or five times in a row, but then I'll go a life where I get, like, seven or eight kills, like, all right next to each other, and it's all worth it. But, like, in Siege, you can't do that. Sure. You can't lose four rounds and die four times in a row and then have one great four-kill round. Like, yeah. It just, in a game mode like that, it doesn't work. And so, you're, Maybe that's you're part never... Of the equation. I think it is. You're not... Like shotguns require a, a certain risk, and in like Battlefield or Call of Duty, you can take that risk in these game modes where you respawn mm-hmm. because eventually you're gonna get something happen, or you're in the right spot because they're doing it over and over again. Where you that risk is worth like the four deaths before, right? And in Siege, you can't afford risks like that. Yeah, you can't afford to lose a guy. Yeah, I'm also thinking like Halo. Halo has in some entries has really great shotguns that are fun. And actually, Halo One's shotgun range is not. Oh no, good. it's not good at all. But but the difference is the time to kill in Halo is a lot more. That's true. Um, and I mean, depending on the map, you can place yourself in in spots where the shotgun's more effective. Um, right. and and within close range, it's absolutely deadly, right? Right. Um, so you you just have a little bit more leeway on how long you can live, how like be able to close the distance. Uh, grenades also you have at your disposal with the shotgun, so that helps out. Um. So I, I guess like Siege is the perfect storm of, you know, short time to kill, short range engagements that they don't want to make shotguns too OP. You don't respawn. So it just makes it where shotguns become less and less 
um, enticing, I guess. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I am sad that like shotguns, at least for me, it, they're not effective and they're not fun um, because they're not effective. Yeah. So I don't know. What's the solution? That's, I don't know what the solution <laughs> is. That's the problem. I mean, we're saying all this stuff and I just like, I mean, maybe increase effective range, but then you're going to have people complaining like, shotguns are op again like when the super 90 came out like the effective range wasn't like crazy far yeah it was far compared to every other shotgun in siege but compared to like a battlefield shotgun it was the same right no well now so the super like, 90 is a semi-auto shotgun right so like let's say you know with with smoke's pump shotgun mm-hmm. like why can't that have a decent range where it's like even if it's three shots to kill from a distance but where at least a, if i if i peek somebody ads with it and i hit them down the hall like it's you know it's a significant amount of damage that that feels like I'm doing something. Right. Um, you know, if it's 45 damage, like that's that's a lot of damage. It's I'm not going to get a one shot kill, but I don't know. Like I I feel like they could find a way to make that better. Especially like especially for pump actions. That's what I'm thinking of most of all. Pump actions should have like a reason to pick over semi-auto. I mean, you don't have a choice ever, but like they should be better than right. semi-auto. Right. Anyway, yeah, so that's what we have to say about shotguns, I guess. Um, I'd be interested to hear what other people's experience is. I know there's some people that do use shotguns a lot, and I'm assuming have fun with it or else they wouldn't do it, right? So <laughs> I'm interested to hear, like, what are you, your guys' experiences with shotguns and, like, how would you change them, if at all? Um, and do you feel like if shotguns were buffed, it would, like, ruin Siege in any way? You did make a really good point about the destruction. That's something I wasn't really considering that it should be part of the equation. Right about shotguns that's that's part of the reason why people ever pick like maestro shotgun for example is just destruction it's crazy yeah. i mean i don't know why you'd pick that over right. all that but <laughs> like well i mean i have on certain be sites because it it can do so much damage to a wall that it's mm-hmm. it's good but then yeah you're trading one of the best defensive guns in the game for destruction and that just is not a good trade-off in most cases so it's and then, like, trying to kill somebody with that gun is near impossible. It's it's very difficult. Maybe what Siege needs is, like, a a game mode where you respawn and then shotguns will be good in that game mode. Yeah, except that that's just respawn. not Siege, right? No, it's not. But, I mean, Showdown wasn't Siege at all either. No, that's true. I would love a game mode like that. I would love an event like that where you respawn. I think it would be Oh, really an fun. event would be fun, but I just don't know if a game, like, a permanent game mode. Yeah, I don't know either, but would stick around it'd be a great way to practice we've talked about this like to practice gunplay and practice mm-hmm. different guns and stuff yeah be able to respawn with it keep trying okay anyway. let's talk about ddos dos attacks um apparently this has been a bigger deal number rise um i haven't really seen it and again we haven't played that much since ember rise came out but uh i haven't seen issues with it but it, it sounds like it's been a serious problem um since it came out so uh, Ubisoft made this blog post about what they're doing about it and how to fix it. So first of all, um, let's define some of these terms. They put a list of terms at the bottom. So there's a DOS attack that stands for uh, denial of service. And so that is when a single PC or device overloads the connection, uh, meaning that you're you're requesting so many um, connections or whatever to right. the server that that it's overloaded and it starts to disconnect uh players from the game right right um then there's what's called a ddos attack which is the same thing except it's d- distributed denial of service that's when you have like 
a bunch of machines attacking and it's much more effective and damaging. Um, so these are the kinds of attacks that they're seeing. And then they also had something they called soft booting and stressing. Uh, so I guess soft booting is just a DDoS attack that uh, causes everybody to be dropped from the match. And then stressing is a DDoS attack that is not so severe, but it causes people's ping to be high enough that it's like impossible to play. Um, so those are the problems that they're encountering right now. Chris, what steps are they taking to fix these problems? So they are one of the biggest, I guess, second biggest step they're taking is bans. And these bans are not a temporary ban, but these are permanent bans that they are giving to people who are yeah. DDoSing. Get them out. Um, Permanente. Yeah, so the, they're, it says they're targeting the worst offenders with this and that they'll start doing that next week. Yep. So that's good. One of the other ones is reducing the matches per server. So apparently each server hosts three matches um, at a time. And so when a DDoS attack happens, that means all three of those matches on that Every. server are ended. So you may be getting DDoSed and it may be a match that you, was, you weren't even participating yeah, in. That's 30 players that are getting affected. Right. Um, and so by doing this, obviously that reduces DDoS problems by 66%, right? Because now... Mm-hmm. Only one out of three is being affected. Are they, are they doing just one match per server now? Are they doing yeah, two? Yeah, that's what they say. Huh? Uh, starting the end of this week. Um, which is kind of an interesting... It's interesting they're doing that because that's going to increase their hard costs for running Siege. Yeah. So that's that's really cool to see that they care about it at, at that level. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. Um, and they'll, they'll probably scale it back up to three as they get more permanent solutions. But that's really cool that they're willing to do that to to protect siege like uh, that says a lot to me about how they feel about us as players and their game and all that stuff um they're also going to help players they're going to remove the escalating abandon sanction so right now if you abandon and you keep getting ddos they your your abandon sanction goes up and up and up and so you never get to play siege so they're disabling the feature to reduce the longer term impact that is felt by legitimate players and that is also at the end of the week and next one, uh, they are changing up their network traffic monitoring and management. Um, so they say they can't provide details because they don't want to expose uh, what they're doing because that would allow people to circumvent what they're doing. Um, but basically, they're adjusting the ways that they monitor, the things that they monitor. And um, by doing that, they'll have uh, more insight as to how to uh, combat this, which is cool. They say the target for this is early October. First half of year five. <laughs> and, then, and then this is what I believe is the biggest one, legal cool. options. So they are in discussion with their legal team. They assess their options. They are issuing cease and desist to websites and people hosting these services. Um, yeah, the, they're doing this now. So this is happening. So there is legal action being taken against people who are doing committing federal crimes and DDoSing public servers. Yeah. I guess not public, but... Imagine being arrested for... Trying to win a video game. DDoSing, yeah. <laughs> for DDoSing your opponents in a Rainbow Six Siege match. Like, what they need to do, and this is the same thing as I said with, like, exploits and stuff where they start banning, pull up one of those menus that come up the very first time you open a season that says, like, Operation Ember Eyes, now available. Like, look at the new apps, and you say, okay, and then it pulls up another one that says, like, these are new things for ranked and you say okay it should pop up a thing when everybody loads the game that says ubisoft is taking legal action against people who are ddosing yeah. the servers 
Just scare people. That would scare the heck out of some of these like 14 year olds that are downloading stuff online and then just yeah. pressing DDoS. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's how it works, but I'm sure there's websites that you just download. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is coming DDoS. from, I'm, I would think it's extremely unlikely that people are writing their own scripts to DDoS. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the average players doing that. Yeah. But anyway, that would help a ton. Yeah. This, I, I hope we see like people getting fines and stuff for this. Okay, right. and then last thing they said they're working with their Microsoft partners, so they run on Microsoft Azure servers. Um, they're working with them to develop both short and long-term solutions. This will have a substantial impact on DDoS, DOS, soft booting, and server stressing, and their target is ongoing. So it sounds like something that they'll be doing for a long time. Yeah. So this is very cool, though, that they, they've got, what, six steps here that they're taking to, to fix this. Um, and I just think that's amazing because, like I said, it's not something that I've even encountered. So, like... Right. That's not to say that it's not widespread, but just like, just to just that it's something I haven't seen in in the games that I've played, but it is something that they're taking very seriously. Um, I think that's cool. So what's funny is just three days ago, um, a video was released on YouTube about DDoSing being like, uh, over, over you not that what the like, word like exaggerated. No, um. Think of the word, Chris. Do you need a dictionary? Do you want to start at A and go through until you find it? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, DDoSing out of control, maybe. Uh-huh. Hold on, let me find who made it so I can give him credit. Get Flanked posted a video three days ago about the DDoS problem is out of control. And then now today, this is this is today that this was released. They released a thing talking about this is what we're doing with DDoSing. Uh-huh. So obviously this stuff looks like it's been under... They've already like the legal counsel and all that stuff. They clearly have been talking about this already, but it's interesting that like a video is released and three days later, like, well, let's make a statement on this that they know we're doing something. Yeah, it definitely does seem like um, the the content creators and other like otherwise the community of this game does get the attention of uh, of the developers. So that's really cool. Yeah, I guess. There's apparently videos on YouTube, too, about how to DDoS Rainbow Six Siege servers. Well, there you go. So if you want to go to jail, now's your chance. <laughs> this, is, this is the way. Just post the video on Reddit of you doing it. Um, so props to Ubi on that. Yeah. That, that's really that's all I have to say about it. Good job. We'll link to that blog post in our show notes if you want to find it. Um, let's dive into a couple operator spotlights. Chris, I want to know more about Twitch. You want me to start this time? Yeah. You've always started, though. That's not true. Surely you've started at least one. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. <laughs> That's funny, Ryan. Well, you know what? I mean, it's going kind of out of our... I think you should start. Okay. Roll back the Twitch tape. Play the Fuse tape. <laughs> Twitch is not starting. <laughs> okay. we're doing fuse okay um so fuse fuse is actually one of my most played attackers are you serious i am 
totally serious. Let me pull up my actual stats. I I want to say he's number two, which is insane. A lot of that is from the beginning of the game when there weren't as many attackers to choose from. Um, there were also less defenders to choose from because they were the same. <laughs> that was kind of a little bit of a joke. Um, if you can call that a joke. I can't pull up my stats. Here we go. Okay. Logging into the Rainbow Six site is a hassle. That it is. I don't that know if people is. even care to hear about my stats, but I'm going to tell them. You know what's cool? Stats on Battlefield are way better than stats in Siege. Yeah. We, okay. every single game, you can click on a thing that says stats, and it literally shows you, like, it shows you all these stats and where you were in relation to everybody else in the game. So many video games have way better stats than Siege, including yeah. games that are, like, 10 years older than Siege. Yeah. Um. So we were talking about doing this, and we should maybe we'll do it next week. As so before we did stuff, seed should know, and this was what, probably like thirty episodes ago, mm-hmm. and we just like pulled things from other games um, that are really good that seed should implement. Uh, we should do that specifically with Battlefield Five uh, that we've been playing so much recently. Since we're since you're probably already tired of hearing about Battlefield Five, we'll give you a full episode about <laughs> Battlefield Five and how it's better than Siege. <laughs> Uh, when I say how it's better than Siege, I mean things it does better than Siege. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll we'll see if, if we can come up with interesting things. But it is it's always interesting to like get ex- to look see other other shooters, you know, expose yourself to other shooters and see like okay, what are they doing here that Siege could learn from? Right. Um. Anyway, that's a segment we're thinking about. If you don't want to hear that, let us know because otherwise it might be coming. Anyway, okay, so my list of attackers, obviously Thatcher is my number one played attacker at 73 hours, but number two is Fuse at nearly 34 hours, which is crazy. And number three is Thermite, who I never play. So that says a lot about like how much the original operators like go to the top just because there was a smaller pool to choose from. Uh, actually, my first DLC operator on this list is Capitao, who I mained for a while after he came out at 22 hours. He's number five. Point being, I've played a lot of Fuse. More Fuse yes. than I probably should have played. Yes. Um, and here's the thing about Fuse. He's not good. Debatable. We, are we done? He, he's not, he is not that good. <laughs> he's not that good. However, my win-loss and kill-death with Fuse is better than my win-loss and kill-death with my main Thatcher. So, <laughs> so there's <Nice>. that. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. If you can adapt to Fuse's shortcomings, which are many, I think you can be successful with Fuse. Okay. Um, because he has the best assault rifle in the game. Yes. It's like, at least the highest damage, right? Yes. Um, and it's it's pretty accurate, uh, decent fire rate. Uh, the one that you might be able to say, like, is better would be the R4C, but now that it doesn't have an ACOG, I think it becomes less of a of a competition. Um, also, if you don't use ACOGs, the freaking Russian, is it the Russian hollow? That's really good. It's really good looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's this little like half moon type of thing, uh, with just like a nice little arrow. It's like, it doesn't obscure your view at all. That freaking Russian hollow is so good. Um, uh, so there's that, like he's got that really, really great AK 47. Um, what else about Fuse? He also has a PMM as a secondary, which is like a two-shot kill or three-shot kill at, at close range, you know, like, and that thing is, it just is deadly. It's deadly. Um, 
He has a shield, which you shouldn't use because he's too big to hide behind a shield. And he's it just slows him down even more. You don't need that as fuse. He's already slow. Right. Um, although a fun one to run. Does he still have smokes? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, a fun one to run is uh, fuse shield fuse with smokes because you can get close enough to like use your cluster charges and like smoke it while you're doing it. Like that's actually not a bad uh, approach for fuse. I mean, as far as like if you're just kind of like, trying to have fun. Yeah. Uh, then there's a six P forty one, which is the LMG that he has. It just it's good, but I think the AK is so much better that I wouldn't really consider it. Um, so yeah, okay. But Fuse's problems, obviously, he's a one speed and he's loud, so loud. He he carries like coins in his pocket or something. Yeah, it's just like it's so hard yeah. to like once you get inside, it's hard to be effective with him. Yeah, you're. <laughs> Right. It's like it's like when your parents walk in your room and you're sleeping. Sort of. That's how he sounds. <laughs> okay. That doesn't happen to me very often. I mean, no, not anymore. But when you were like a teenager, I guess they never tried to be quiet. But were they walking in your room? I mean, I guess not. Well, like when they wake. Okay. So like, if you're <laughs> awake, your say childhood. you're awake in the middle of the night, like. 2 a.m. Parents are sleeping. You're super quiet, right? Yes. Like as quiet as can be. That's true. They wake up at 7 a.m. They're opening cupboards, slamming the fridge. Yes. Getting there. Like they don't even try to be quiet. That is true. Okay. That is true of our parents, at least. Um, <laughs> Most parents. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Like here's the fuse, I think, can be a valuable part of a team. But as your team numbers start to dwindle, he becomes more and more of a liability and less and less right. of an asset. Right. Um, just because, again, he's slow and in Siege, speed is everything and and sound is everything. Um, so he, he really struggles once you're you know in that one-on-three, two-on-four situation where you're having to push with Fuse. But he does have that great AK. So there's that. Okay, so then there's his gadget, which is, of course, the hostage killer. Also known as the cluster charge. <laughs> the hostage killer. Um, the HK. The problem with that is similar. It's slow and it's loud. It's faster now. It's faster now. By 0.4 seconds. And they the audio cuts off. Have you noticed? Have you put no. it down? So they didn't change the audio of it at all? So it just stops so when... So it just stops like before it. So it does that noise where it's like... Gink, gink, gink. And like that last gink just kind of like cuts off really quick. Where huh. it's like... Gink, gink. And you're like, wait. <laughs> it was just the sound. I did not notice that. I was playing him last night off. to prep for this and I did not notice that at all. Yeah. Um I also didn't notice that it was faster. Like I wasn't thinking about it and it, I didn't really notice it. So it's not that much the faster. The only way I noticed that it's faster is because the sound cuts off. I'm like, wait, mm. the audio clip's not done playing. What did it go from like one point six to point one point four or something? Two to one point six. Two to one point six. Okay. So I mean that's that's a pretty significant difference, I guess. Yeah, we talked about that being a Said twenty percent, five twenty percent, um, but one point six seconds is still a long time to be like sitting on a window, for example. Yeah. And here's what I would say: like, if you're playing Fuse, I would avoid placing his cluster charge on windows. Um, it's it's just too easy to uh, to get picked off there, unless you know what's behind that window. You know, somebody's droning for you, or whatever. Um, don't do that. I think it's dangerous. I think yeah. that's that's not my number one tip. I think one spot where you might be able to get away with doing that if you do it quick is border when they're in the armory, like second floor armory, and you can get on that window that's on the yeah. bus side because that window's 
people don't really look out of it and nobody really stands right there because it's like in this weird cubby mm-hmm. and you feel vulnerable right there. Right. And so you can probably get like hang upside down and get one down and it'll go all over that room. Yeah. If you're going to do a window, definitely do it from the top upside down. That's yeah. your safest, uh, safest spot. Or maybe even from the bottom, like from the very, very bottom of it, just getting on just barely at the bottom of it. But uh, I think top upside down is the best. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I think where his cluster chart really is best, obviously, is from the, the floor above, right? So doing it through the floor down into the objective or down into like the room just outside of the objective. And I think one thing you have to realize with Fuse is you're probably not going to get a lot of kills with the cluster charge. Sometimes you'll get lucky. Um, but especially as as you start playing against better players, like at lower levels, yeah, you can get away with it. Um, as you start playing against better players, just don't expect you're going to get kills out of it and use it for th- other things that it's useful for. And that means killing gadgets, mm-hmm. um, you know, burning ADSs too. Um, so anywhere that that you know there's going to be a lot of gadgets. What are you smiling at? I have about? an idea. Okay, give me your idea. What if Fuse, instead of like we talked about, we want to make them like quieter, a little bit faster, maybe a two-speed. What if we just make them louder? Like what if you make it where like when he puts that thing down, it's so loud that... Th- Things that come out instead of being like a cluster charge that explodes, they're like these nuclear super missiles. like loud, yeah, nuclear <laughs> missiles. They're just like these super loud like smoke grenades that go out like spread into the room and just <laughs> loudest noise, tons of smoke. What if that was a thing? That sounds like a new operator more than it then, sounds like fuse. Because then hostage, it's good it to put that in the hostage. hostage room. You put it sure. right on top of the hostage, just sprays a bunch of smoke in the room and makes a bunch of noise. Uh huh. That would be great. And then your warden's better. Oh, and then warden is so good. Yeah, I mean that that sounds really cool, but also that sounds like a new operator. It does, yeah, um, but because then be Fuse. Fuse loses his cluster charge, no, his well, hostage, the hostage killer. I think he loses his identity. Yeah, a little bit. If you do that, I mean, what really is his identity? Hmm. That's hard to say because he's got that mask; you can't see his right. face. If anybody knows Fuse's identity, please send it in. Um. No, yeah, I think like accepting that what it's really going to be good for is like. Um, eliminating gadgets and then I think what's best is forcing people to move right so like especially if you can get if you can work with your team well and get people set up on certain angles and stuff and then you can use that cluster charge to force people to spread out and or to clear out from a room that you're trying to get into or to force them to run into lanes that are dangerous um, I think that's where Fuse is the best and the problem is that most teams are not that coordinated but when we have made that happen it's been super effective Mm -hmm. Um, especially on like really small objectives. So I'm trying to think like, what if while you think about those objectives, think about this. Let these let this metal in your brain for a moment. Go and I like ponder. To metal. Uh, what if instead of like putting his gadget down, he could just throw it on the window? It would still take two full seconds to do a thing. It would be the same exact noise, but instead of him being so vulnerable, he can now throw it on the window and mm-hmm. be downstairs, or he can be underneath the objective and throw it up on the ceiling. And it would go up into Ooh. the objective above you. <laughs> that would be cool. So it's still like it's so like it a, has like a launcher that launches a cluster yeah, charge onto too. the window yeah, or sure. whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like I like a, it would just stick to it, and then it would do its own. Yeah. Yeah. That was ADS catching the last two. Oh, good job. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> that was a frost trap breaking. Oh, nice. Okay. Anyway. No, I think that that's actually a good idea. If he could, if he had a cluster charge launcher mm-hmm. that it, it functions exactly the same, except that he can launch it from a distance. On I think it should have a certain range for like a drop. A drop would be good, like Capitals Bullets. Because I don't think you should be able to like hit a window almost from spawn. And right? Just, like, no, totally. Dunk, 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 dunk. 
I, yeah, guys. I almost think a range that like Amaru, like yeah, where sure. you you have to get the icon or it won't go. Yeah. Um, and then and then maybe you could also have it where if he's right on the on the door, he can just plant it or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if that would be advantageous or whatever. Never. Um. Would you reduce it to two cluster charges in that case? Sure. Because I think I would. Yeah. Sure. But anyway, that's no, that's a good idea. That would that would be uh, intriguing, and I think give him a little bit more utility. It would wreck Goyo. Well, how? Because if you know where his shield is at all, you just shoot it somewhere next to where his shield is, any window or the floor next to it underneath. That shield's gone, and there's yeah, a bunch of fire you have all over to the get place. like if the thing is like if if his shield was in your line of sight, it'd be really hard to get an angle on it that your cluster grenades would go the right way, right? Like if I'm looking at it down a hall, what do I shoot? Oh, right, right, right. No, because yeah. whatever I shoot, it's it's gonna go. It, the cluster charges are it's, gonna keep going forward right, from that spot. Right. No. Yeah, I'm saying like if you're looking at it, if you know it's there and you're underneath or above or something, you just yeah. I guess it's already. I powerful, mean, if you're above, you can do it above, either way. Yeah. But um, low, I guess. Anyway, Actually, yeah, I haven't thought about that, but now with Goyo, it seems like that bus fuse a little bit because now he can set off these things that are going to blow these these traps that may damage teammates, uh, teammates uh, or I guess enemies on fuses yeah. perspective, um, and also like shut down their lanes for rotations and everything. So that's actually interesting to think about is how you can make that that work for him. So I'm looking here at, at this, this list of maps to try to find. Um, the spots that I like him. One spot I really like is um, on consulate garage just because like, it's not a smaller objective like I was talking about, but there's so many little hidey holes there that are um, commonly used. Yeah. And like, you know, behind that van, behind the van or on the side of the van, there's always 100% of matches I've played on consulate. Somebody's in that spot. Right. right. Um, and if you just, if you can just control piano room, you can nuke that whole thing. And if you know where the spots are, right? Like, it takes, that's the thing with Fuse 2 is it takes a little bit of map knowledge because you have to be able to do it through walls, through floors and all that stuff. But if you know where those spots are, you can force people to move and you can open up holes with breaching charges and be prepared to shoot them as they're avoiding your cluster charge. Yeah, you can completely neutralize the bandit trick on Consulate Garage with a Fuse up there. Yeah. It's just, you got to control piano, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um... I also really like him on spots like, you know, like on Fortress where there's a lot of soft walls and they don't always all get reinforced. Mm-hmm. Where like just being able to throw explosives into the objective um like from outside is is I think really beneficial. What if you brought a Monty into I'm just trying to think of how to make What if you brought a Monty like in uh consulate first floor through the front door, you had fuse behind him? Monty goes and stands in the piano door that like goes towards the yellow stairs, mm-hmm. and then someone else just watches the like front door of like the circular desk room from spiral yeah. stairs. Yeah, yeah. So fuse is completely perfect in that room. Yeah, Thatcher and thermite are outside, or just thermite. He doesn't need a Thatcher, and fuse does cluster charges right there. Thermite blows it up. Then freaking fuse does cluster charges behind the van, and like mm-hmm. in the other corner of the garage, they get mm-hmm. a plant behind white van. No, that's actually a good strategy. And all um, Montaigne isn't even helping the plant. He's just making sure Fuse is safe to... Right. And then he can push screw. down yellow stairs after it yeah. all goes down, right? Um, no, that's that's actually really good. See, that's the thing about Fuse is like, I feel like it can be very effective, but it sort of takes the whole team five, committing to, right. to the Fuse charge being part of the attack. Right. And you really have to hope that they're going basement because if not, you have to really revise your attack with that team. Like, right. You have Montaigne and Fuse, you know, you go on second floor. It's like, okay, well shiz yeah i mean <laughs> what do we do now yeah that's the hardest part about um devising attack strategies is you just don't always know where they're going and yeah. so like you have to sort of bring this 
this uh, flexible group of operators. You can't like pick a super hyper specific group of operators right. for the spot. Do you think that is there any value in like the attackers knowing where the spot is from the start? Like, would that make Siege better if the attackers could actually plan their attack because, like, when the defense picks, they know where they picked? Like, they get to choose their operators based off of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, so yeah, that would like first thing that happens is defense chooses the objective in the first 10 seconds, mm. and then everybody picks operators, and the attackers know what the spot is. Yeah, that would change things crazy. I know it would change it. Would it be good? Uh, or would it be worse? I mean, are most maps defender-sided? I think they are, right? Most... Almost all maps are defender sided. I mean, I think most maps are whichever team is better sided. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, it, it, and, you know, I feel like because every time I watch pro league, they always say this map is defender sided. I'm like, oh, all maps are. Yo, you say that about every map. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like defense always wins like four out of four out of the six rounds, and then the same thing happens. I, yeah, I feel like any map that people feel like is balanced is means that's it's defendable. Right um because balanced means viable sites when viable sites means defendable right <laughs> like, yeah so maybe that would help to be able to know bond location but i'm sure that would break the game i don't this know like, I, I think it would be cool to be able to cause, because like that's what we loved about these changes to casual recently where you can finally pick the defender based on the site yeah um because that makes such a difference and it's like if i get to pick my attacker also based on the site because like i don't feel like finding the site is is adding anything to the game at this point you know no. what I mean? It's the same as like figure out who the operator. I wish it would just tell you the operators like it does in Pro League. Pro League, yeah. No, yeah. So I don't anyway, know. that's off topic. But I, I actually would be for. Tell us why that's wrong. Yeah, if we're wrong, tell us. But I actually would be for. I think attackers knowing because then you could do that. Then you could say like, okay, this is our team for this site. I would be fine with it being tested. Yeah, I would like that's to. What we have, have a tested. test server for. <laughs> that's not what the test server is used for, though. No, it's not. Unfortunately. Um. Anyway, yeah, like um, any site where you can do like a ceiling to like through the through the floor with mm -hmm. fuse, I think is is where he's really going to shine. Especially if you can have one or two teammates commit to like help you do it. Um, and then what you have to do is after that, you just have to make sure that you're quickly, uh, you know, reacting and and moving on to site that you don't spend too much time up above. One few story I want to tell. Uh, I probably would have a lot if I could remember all my siege experience, but. I, we had this, we were attacking the Hereford basement one time. Chris mm -hmm. and I went above, you think you were Sledge? And I was Fuse? I'm trying to remember the story we I keep were, telling. Um, the one that, that I defended the, the plant at the last second. Yeah, anyway, I vaguely remember this. We, we went up there, I think you were Sledge and I was Fuse. And like, so I was, I was nuking from above, right? And then also I love that people call the Fuse cluster charge a nuke. At least I do and I think other people have started doing it too. And it's, it's kind of fun. Um... Our team was pushing, you know, and like everything was going great. I think I maybe got a kill with the cluster charge. Um, and then like they got in, they planted on that. Um, there's that wall from like the, the I guess, what is it? That room called? I The first floor room? Yeah. Well, I don't the basement know. room. No, no, no. The basement room. The, like the one that's like in the corner. It has the soft walls that you can breach from the outside. It has like that weird, like not desk, like thing in the middle of it that kind of splits the room almost into yeah that has like a fireplace at the end of like that thing or like some no no no, or something. no um the the one that's like underneath the uh there's like that overlook where if you're inside on the first floor you can like open the floor and see see below oh, see them outside yeah, the second floor that's Actually, where you're on second floor you can look down oh second uh, floor okay okay so like that room yeah i know what you're talking about i don't know what it's called anyway if you don't know what i'm talking about 
It doesn't really matter. What the, side of Hereford is north? The front door? It's the northeast room on the on the basement. If the front door is north, then it's the northeast room in the which basement. Which I believe it is. Yeah. Northeast room. Anyway. So they they breached the wall, they planted the kit, and then like somehow immediately everybody died. And like I had I had started to go down um down the the stairs to go help them like secure the plant and everything. And like as I went down there, everybody just died. So like I went back up. Um, to put a cluster charge on top of the bomb. And as I'm laying the cluster charge, somebody like shot it or something. So I lost my cluster charge. So then like their team starts just converging on the bomb. And I think at this point I was already the last person left against like three or four. They all start converging. So I'm like, I'm trying to shoot them through the floor and I, I can barely see and the bars are in the way. And like, I, I kill the guy who's trying or like I, I get some damage on him and then I run out of ammo. So I like switched to my pistol and like I had to put a breach charge down so I could see. And it's like, it was so intense. Like so many things were happening and they were trying to defuse and I didn't have ammo and like I was trying to reload. And, uh, finally like I killed the guy defusing and then there was like two other guys left and they were trying to kill me through the floor. It was just like, it just really insane, intense thing with like cluster charges going off everywhere. Um, but it was, it was interesting and funny, so um, you should watch it on my YouTube channel. Barrel Storage is the name of that room. Barrel Storage, there you go. Wow, I don't know the names of any of these rooms in the basement. There's Barrel Storage, Fermentation Chamber, Main Hallway, Generator Room, Reverie, I think that's actually workshop. another problem that Hereford has as a map is that the, there's no like natural callouts because all the rooms are so like obscure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like all the same color and everything. I think that's actually a problem that Hereford has. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that was my, I didn't tell the story very well, but the video is good. So you should go watch go it. Go watch the video. Um, I think that's all I have to say about Fuse. Let's talk about Twitch. Oh. Play video. You have a few spare hours. I'd love to share the details of how this device is a masterpiece of design. Quadruple independent gearboxes enabling 0 to 20 in under 4 seconds. 10 kilometers of internal wiring. 1,100 expertly machined hand assembled components. Flawless control at over 300 meters. But all my team needs to know is, does it do the job or doesn't it? And let me tell you right now, it does the job. Okay, so Twitch. Her video is actually cool. If you if you want, you can watch a YouTube video and sync it with the podcast so you can watch it at the same time. Yeah. Or you could just go watch the YouTube video without syncing it. We've already talked about this, but it's cooler to sync it because then we start talking like right when the video is over. It's a cool video, though. You should probably watch it. So Twitch is an operator in Rainbow Six Siege. She is two-speed, two-armor. A lot of people mistake her for three-speed sometimes because she is frequently played like a three-speed operator. With her F2 just being arguably one of the best assault rifles in the game. That's that's the one that I would say is better than Fuse's... Uh, what's it called? Twitch's F2. Yeah. Um, the AK-47U, yeah. I think. The AK-47, is, it, that is that does have a like a significant... like It feels so good. Mm-hmm. There's not very much kick to it at all. But the F2 is one of the best guns in the game. Yeah, I actually... I agree. It's really, really good. I prefer, I think, high damage over high fire rate. So that's like, I think I would choose the AK over the F2, but I totally hear what you're saying. Oh, does the AK have higher damage? I think so. I'll look them up. You keep telling the me. The F2 is 37 standard damage. Look up the AK. Okay. Um, so she's got the F2 as her 
primary weapons, 417, that's the DMR, and the shotgun that you should never use. And secondary, she has a P9 pistol, and then the LFP586 handgun, that's the revolver, and then gadgets, she has breach charges or claymore. Um, I, I, I always use the F2 and then the P9 handgun instead of the LFP586. The revolver does do like a lot of significant damage. But having more rounds, I think, is just beneficial in Siege. Being able to spray something down just so that someone doesn't peek you. Or if you need to pre-fire more, you can. It has less kick. Feels better. That's that's what I use. Um, and then I almost always use a Claymore every once in a while. If we have enough Claymores, then I'll use Breach Charges instead. The 417 recently got a buff where it has 10 extra rounds in it now. Instead of just the 10 plus 1, now it's 20 plus 1. And so that's huge because yeah, it actually yeah. is able to be compared to other DMRs in the game. Um, and it's actually now a viable option, I think, to choose instead of the F2 because the base damage is more than twice the F2. That's not true. It's it's almost twice. It's 69. So Okay, so first of all, I lied. It's actually not an AK-47. It's an AK-12. AK-12. There you go. Um, I didn't know that. Um, but its standard damage is 44. Yeah, that's high. You said 37 for Twitch? 37. What's the What's the rate of fire? Rate of fire is 850 RPM. Seven says a little bit. Hold on, let's do some math real fast. Times 980 equals 60. So Twitch's DPS is 604. And you said... 44 times 850. 4850. 623. It has the higher DPS than Twitch's F2. There you go. And I told you, higher damage. Significantly steadier, I, I believe. It is steady. It is very steady. Anyway. Back to Twitch. So she's got those. Um, good. She has really good guns. Uh, yeah, that's her loadout. And then her primary gadget is the shock drone. This is what makes Twitch unique, as does any operator. They have their gadget. Oh, really? Yeah. Can, can you tell me more about this game? This sounds cool. Yeah. So basically, there's operators on each team. You pick the people. And I'm not going to tell you the full story. But... I actually never knew why. You, is there like a podcast I could listen to more? Yeah, about Undernound. It? The Undernound podcast is one of the best and fastest growing podcasts. Is there a better about podcast? No. <laughs> not even a question. <laughs> there might be a podcast that has more experienced players, but <laughs> are you referencing a specific podcast? No, but I, I just don't know what you mean by better. <laughs> this is the best podcast for me with Six Huge. Twitch. The definition for the word Twitch is to give or to cause a short sudden jerking or convulsive about right now twitch i'm talking about her name okay as i said and you overrode me with your comments about podcasts on siege i said i don't know why she's called twitch and then i looked it up i looked up the definition for twitch just uh -huh. like what's the actual definition give or cause to give a short sudden jerking or convulsive movement did you really so not know why she was called twitch i just didn't really think about it that much it wasn't obvious that it's because of her electric drone I mean, well, yeah, but shock it's... Shock drone? But... You know, like shock, it, electric shock twitch? Yeah, but the twitch is like referring to when she hits someone and they make this little twitch. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why she's called twitch. Okay. <laughs> if you didn't know, <laughs> I thought that figured was... figured it out. I thought that was interesting, but... For all the ESL listeners on this podcast, there you go. Now you know. Anyway. <laughs> twitch. He's annoyed. Requires a certain amount of patience um and then prioritization is like a huge thing with twitch first of all yes when you're playing twitch so she used to have a regular drone and then a twitch drone the regular drone is what you would drive with everybody else in the preparation phase that. yeah the thing 
And then the Twitch drone was your Twitch drone, and it had 15 shots in it, and you could kill someone alone with the Twitch drone. Um, it had a lot of shots, but you only had one. And then they changed it to where in the preparation phase, she spawns with the Twitch, or her drone is the Twitch specialized drone. Yeah. And then she has a second one that she can throw in as well. So this is what you do with that in the preparation phase. You do not go into the building at all, and you do not try to destroy gadgets in the preparation phase, because what's everybody doing in the preparation phase? They're running around shooting at drones half the time. Oh, I thought we were supposed to be killing each other in no, the preparation phase. No, no, no. That's, that's casual only. Okay. And then also more on console. Um, people are shooting drones more than half the time. Mozzie's looking around with his freaking little Mozzie spider boys. And you got Mute putting down jammers before he puts down jammers on re- reinforcements. There's no reason to bring your Twitch drone inside the building or near the objective inside the building at all in the preparation phase. What you do is you switch to your teammates' drones and watch to where they go. Ooh, I never really thought about that. Yes. That's smart. And then you bring your drone outside the objective to that point outside of it so you can bring it inside the objective once the game actually starts and shooting actually begins. Because once shooting begins, people are not focused on drones on the floor nearly as much as they were in the preparation phase. So that's what you do. Or you can just drive your drone to your spawn and then pick it up and you can throw it back in when you need to. Yeah. But I find it there's... literally almost every objective i know there's a drone hole outside just outside Mm -hmm. the objective that you can put your drone right outside of and wait to go in yeah and then you don't shoot at every single gadget you see because that makes noise and people know your twitch drone is there and you don't want that right you prioritize things so if you know there's a maestro yeah what are the top tier gadgets you're going for here's here's so here's a list of the operators that you can destroy things with you have kaid maestro mira lesion echo ella alibi valkyrie smoke mute jaeger bandit captain so this is all operators. That you These can are operators kill of stuff. things you can destroy. Vigil and Pulse as well are effective. Vigil, if you shoot him at all, his thing is disabled. But I don't like that because I want him to be using that. Because if you have an IQ on your team, it screws Vigil over. Um, so just don't shoot Vigil. Especially if I'm on your team as IQ because I want to kill him. Um, <laughs> I don't want you to have an assist. I did it all myself. Uh, <laughs> Pulse, if he has his heartbeat sensor out, it will disable his heartbeat sensor. for. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you just have to hit any part of Pulse? It just doesn't any part of him as long as he has a sensor out. It's huh. like it's like how electricity works. If you're like holding on to something, it kind of like goes to that thing. Oh yeah. And so it's like you hit him in like the toe, it goes up through his foot, through the metatarsals, up through like the fibula and then femur and then Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Rib cage arm leg. Because he holds the uh, detector with his femur. Right. Eventually usually. eventually it will lead into the heart of the heartbeat sensor. Uh, what were they saying? <laughs> Pulse and Pulse and Vigil are also included, but I'm just not. We're not going to rank them in this because shooting at someone is stupid with the Twitch drone. You lose it. So you have Maestro is number one, I believe, to shoot at his things. You are one of the only operators that can destroy Maestro's evil eye from safety. From safety, there is nobody else that does it. Thatcher can throw a thing at him and disable it, but you were the only one that can do it completely safe, unless you have frags. I mean, like Ashton's Sophia like, can do it pretty safe. That's true. Um. But you can disable it without them wasting really much utility. You don't yeah. use use two of as, your ten. As a maestro main, Twitch is absolutely the nemesis. Oh yeah, you can. My favorite Twitch story ever is when I was playing on Xbox and a maestro came out, put down an evil eye. I, I killed it. He came out, put down another one. I killed it in the same exact spot, and he had none by the time the round started. That's awesome. <laughs> it was great. Um, it was really funny. Yeah, you, you'll watch it on my YouTube channel. I, you notice how I said you will um you will <laughs> mira i think is number two of gadgets to kill 
mirror windows in a good spot yep. can yep. be deadly and destroying that screws her over and their whole entire it, it seriously ruins her whole defensive plan in fact mm-hmm. i would put that above evil eyes really myself I, uh, I, because evil eyes are I not would, as crucial evil eyes are easier to reach like instead of you yeah you can hit an evil eye before trying to really get right into their defense and try That's to hit true. a mirror window whereas, so depending on placement right like if right. the evil eye is out outside if of you objective, see any of those you should be shooting them yeah kaids as well kaid artillery claws so, are like let's matched. assume that you've driven around the whole map with, or you've watched your okay. teammates drive around the whole map and you know where they all are okay um would you prioritize going in for like so let's assume that the evil eye is equally safe as the uh mira or equally dangerous whichever way you're okay. thinking about it so let's say let's put this into perspective organ mirror window is like in the in the closet in, where it always is okay yeah, yeah yeah in the closet facing towards like the the smaller the stairs, closet, I guess. Right. Wait, basement, organ basement? No, I was saying organ second floor. Oh, but organ. let's go organ basement because that's that's easier. I feel like to. Yeah. So you got the classic organ mirror window. Yeah, classic mirror window. Let's say there's an evil eye, like inside, like same right next to the mirror window, just on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. So do you shoot that or do you drive around and get the mirror window? I think you shoot the evil eye first. I think okay. whatever one you see first, you shoot at. Yeah. I don't think you go for the other one. Yeah. Those are. Also, you got to be careful with the evil eyes because they can kill you. They can. That's true. Although if they open, they're easier to kill. So there's all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like mirror, mirror's window doesn't have like an active like. But then do you leave? But somebody's always standing behind the mirror window. Right. But do you leave the evil eye so that you don't have to deal with the Alda? That's true. But then also if you pass the evil eye on, on route to the mirror window, there's a good chance the evil eye shoots you. There's, there's a lot of factors to consider here, people. That's just, a lot yeah. of variables. Kaid is another one that you do not pass by and skip because he only has two of those artillas and they're usually on trap doors. So if you don't have it, if you have a Thatcher, don't worry about it. Like worry yeah. more about Maestro and Mira and trying to kill those. Yeah. But if you don't have a Thatcher, you need to make sure you kill the artillery class because it's a huge. Um, who's fourth on my list? I have a number four. Jaeger. Jaeger's another yep. big one. Yep. Don't drive by. A, like if there's a Maestro in there, don't drive by a Jaeger. To just go straight for the Maestro, just hit it on the way in. Smack that at the same time, make sure you have at least two or three to save to kill the Evil Eye. Don't waste them all. Like, once you get down underneath two, you can't kill the Evil Eye. So you got to preserve them for the Evil Eye. Capkin charges, I am not, like, a huge fan of shooting because there's five of them and it wastes all your shocks. So unless you know there's no Maestro and there's no Kaid and there's no Jaeger and there's no Mira, then shoot them, sure. But until that point, skip them and go for the stuff that you need to kill. Because I actually like it in Capkin charges because they they can they are can ruin the game. They do a lot of damage. They can, but it's essential to prioritize Maestro and Mira over a Capkin right, charge. Yeah, you can I'm, see a Capkin charge. I'm going for Mira first, if right. I, if anything. Tell your team. Uh, Legion is next on my list. But wait, so like if, if you drive by a Capkin charge on your way to Mira, you I would not take shoot it. Out? Up, no, really, no. Save the because you can miss the. Mira let's, say are let's say there's easy no Maestro. There's Mira Capkin. Uh, Jaeger and nobody else that you that you kill their stuff. I don't shoot. The, I bring really? it in until I kill until I kill Mira's windows. Yeah, but what else? Until are you I shoot? kill Mira's windows and Jaeger's ADSs, then I will. But so take that's out only that's only five things. But I might I might get a drone killed on my way there. I want to have my two yeah. drones be able to tr- have an attempt to kill the ADSs and to kill that but before I kill the. If you're, if you're worried about hurtles. a drone getting killed on the way there, then what's the difference in losing a shock on the way? Because let's say I use four shocks, or okay, and you've I use all one. one thing between that's, that's mirror I use and one. Mirror. I only have four left to kill exactly to kill five things. I have three ADSs and two mirror windows. Yeah, 
So let's say I have four and the drone makes it through the other drone. Yeah, I want those five. I want all five. I guess I, I, I would do it differently, but you're the Twitch main, so you're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Legion is is one that I would like shoot on a stairs on my way down. I would prioritize that over the captain because those are stepped on more often. I believe sure. the captain and charges. Hard to see, yeah. Echo is not on my priority list, and that's just because they're so hard to see. Like, unless you and know where they hit. are. And they're, yeah, they're hard to hit, too. Like, sometimes you'll miss them and you'll waste a, a shock. Um, and honestly, on defense, once the Echo hits someone, someone else should be shooting at it anyway. Yeah. Like, that, like unless you know where they are, unless you saw him put them down, like, yeah, go shoot them. But until that point, prioritize the other things. And then everyone else just kind of falls into the list. I don't really you yeah, shoot them, like but LR. prioritize prioritize those guys yeah i mean and anybody else that's like causing a problem mute jammers for example obviously bandit tricking if that's happening you want to be available for that yeah you want to be able to kill the bandits while he's doing it and and also like if they're doing bandit tricking don't focus entirely on the batteries because there's other things you could kill that will help to disable the bandit Mm -hmm. tricking like if there's an ads protecting him or if he's doing it behind a mirror window like you take out those things and that very quickly can shut down the bandit trick right um, so that's my, that's my priority of operators. Mute, mute's a, a bigger one to kill because that can stop drones completely. Um, and then just watch out for mozzies. They're like going through doorways. If there's mozzie on the team, if you just like kind of press W instead of like hold it down, you'll get your thing telling you there's mozzie there before you really get your drone screwed over. Yeah. And you don't want that. So that's one of the big, you don't want to lose a Twitch drone to mozzie. That sucks. No, that's awful. I mean, it's not like they this shock drone battle is, is fun <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's my prioritization of the operators. Um, biggest thing with her: do not bring the freaking drone inside the objective during the preparation phase. That's a really good tip. There's no reason. If yeah, it's like stupid. If, if you're trying to learn Twitch, I think that's a really really good tip uh, from the start. And don't don't ever try to kill people with. What it. if somebody's downed? If someone's down, I say you secure a kill. Does it does like, it take just one shock always? Two. Okay, two. it takes two. two. Yeah, you have to hit him and then hit him again. Um, but still, that's yeah, worth if someone's it, down, right? Secure a kill. Yeah, definitely secure a kill. Because especially if they're like deep in objective or something, secure a kill for sure. Yeah. Um, now, if you run out of shocks, what you want to do is you want to drive it back to Twitch, pick it up and throw it at somebody because you could do five damage. You five damage, exactly. And if you see them, you may as well throw a drone <laughs> at them instead of shooting. drive it back them. and do it again. Yeah. So you exactly. should do that. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't know. Not that probably. No. Shock drones. That was a hot tip. Are good. Oh, shooting people with shock drones. Like unless these people aren't here, like unless none of these people, like maybe if there's like a smoke and a Valkyrie and an alibi, like you don't really need to shoot those things because they're not that important. Like you can like harass a rook or something. Mm-hmm. I harassed a rook the other day. We were playing Outback. They were playing Nature Room and geez, what's the other gang? gang? Bush Ranger? Bush Ranger. Thank you. I was going to say Ganger. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bush Ranger and Nature Room. And we always plant that like outside door by the back stairs if you hit in that door there's a reinforced wall that's at the is it it's underneath the stairs on the anyway it's underneath the back west side of the map that wall i was harassing a rook in that room while they're like opening that wall up and he he was was like facing the other way okay so they come in they're facing he's facing the other way and they shoot him in the back because yeah that's brilliant no yeah harassing somebody with a twist drone while your team is pushing is brilliant Mm -hmm. like it makes a big difference helps um yeah, that's that's my advice and tips for Twitch. You got to be able to handle her F2 with an ACOG. There is some kick to it, so get used to it. If you're not like super used to the kick, then maybe use uh, holographic sight until you get better with it. 
Um, what is your strategy with the shock drones once they run out of things? Do you just try, try to put it in a good put spot where you can spot, see yeah. and you leave it there? Yeah. That makes sense. They're loud. People know um, who they are. One piece of advice I would give with Twitch is just be careful not to spend your whole round on the shock drones if you're not getting anything out of it. And like, right. definitely don't end up being the last guy alive where you haven't even advanced yet. Yeah. Um, you know, like use your shock drones, but then if if there's like for some reason you you're not you're like something needs to happen before you can push your shock drone to the next room to go get whatever you need to get, take that time to move your operator closer in, right? Like to get from spawn at least like up to the door or something, you know. Um right. also I wanted to ask you, what is the ideal time to start going around shocking stuff? Is it right after the prep phase? A little bit after the prep phase. So right after the prep phase, people are still preparing. I'd say wait until like your team's like starting a push or people are starting to focus on things because that's mm-hmm. the point where they're paying less attention sure. to like little they're paying attention to a push that's happening. Yeah. Like that is the chaos is like the best time for a Twitch drone to go in. Like bank basement, trying to hit that mirror window before you actually start pushing server room is not gonna happen because Mira's just sitting there doing nothing. Like she's gonna hear and be able to kill the Twitch drone because She's doing nothing. Right. So once they start pushing that room and smoking and smokes, throwing smokes at trying to deny the plant, that's the perfect time to throw a twist drone and kill that mirror window. Yeah. Because she is not focused at all on a twist drone on the ground while there's fuses going off. There's Capital bolts coming in. There's smokes. Smokes throwing his smokes. There's C4s. She's not paying attention to the little twitch drone coming right. in and saying, I'm going to take your little <laughs> nozzle and your CO2 that holds up this little window. Yes. Is it CO2? I don't know. Whatever's in that canister. Um. Anyway. Random shock drone fact. It used to be able to destroy Rook armor yeah. on the ground. Yeah. And she was a menace at that early stage of the game where you drop your, drop your Rook armor, you pick it up, and like somebody else gets one, and your rest of your team is like getting to it, and all of a sudden it's gone. And you're yeah. like, shoot, freaking Twitch. <laughs> Sucks. It used to be like killing Twitch. At the- Didn't it used to be able to kill Frost Traps too, or was, was that never a thing? Because I know it can't now, and then like sometimes people are confused why it doesn't. Um, but I feel like it used to be able to kill them. Maybe not. What are you talking about? Frost traps. Didn't the shock used to be able to destroy them? I don't know, but it doesn't. So don't shoot frost traps. It does not. No, the ones people I listed: Capkin, Bandit, Jaeger, Mute, Smoke, Valkyrie, Alibi, Ella, Echo, Legion, Mira, Maestro, and Kaid are things you can destroy. Anything else on frost? Nothing else on Mozzie. Mozzie's spiders really are good. another thing that you can destroy. That's not that I didn't list on there. But yeah, oh, those are typically pretty hard to get to. If uh, yeah, you can't really get through the door if you did it right. Her showdown outfit is pretty good. Showdown outfit. She has a royal skin that can go on the both the Famas or the F two and the four seventeen. Mm-hmm. It looks it's cool, freaking sweet. Yeah, the royal skin. Uh, yeah. My favorite Twitch story is killing that maestro's evil eyes before the game even starts. Yeah, that's good. It, also, if you're maestro, point your evil eyes at the ceiling point before up. you start. Yeah, if you, you don't want to leave them that way because then they would become useless if you die early. But uh, at least while you're placing them, especially if yeah. you know the other team's been running a Twitch. Yes. All right. Should we hop into listener questions? You know, Ryan, I don't think you've had a better idea in your life. Well, let's do it then. So our first, uh, well, first of all, if you have questions, you should ask them to us. You can do that on Twitter at r6unrenowned, or you can do it through our Discord server, which you can find the link to in our show notes or on our Twitter profile, or you can just search Unrenowned Discord and you'll find it. Um, 
Also, if you want to spend some time with us throughout the week, I am Ryguy on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. And I am just slow with three O's on the same platforms. I'm also just Chris Davis on Instagram. Yes. How, how's your Instagram following going? I've gotten a couple. Yeah, good job. Not as much as I would like for Do how you many listeners see we have. Crazy, funny stories throughout the week. He <laughs> posts a lot of Instagram stories that are just dumb things that happen that are kind of funny to watch him tell about. Um, yeah. Rye guy with the W and just hello with three O's. Oh, okay. Our first question is actually coming from Twitter this week. So this is from at blaze Barnes and he or she said, what do you guys think of having a map tab at the end of a match? It could show you where you died as a defender and attacker, maybe even showing you where you killed your enemy, showing where they died or where you took the shot. That'd be way cool. I love this idea. This is fits right under our more stats for Siege, right? Mm-hmm. This would be way cool. It'd be cool to see like a heat map on it where it's like, here's where most people died throughout the match. And like, here's like where like people were running throughout the match, you know, where like the most traffic was. And then to see your own individual spots, like he's saying where you died, um, where you got killed when the angles were, you know, show the lines like through the thing. Like it would be so cool. Uh they could really do a lot with that. I wouldn't prioritize it, unfortunately, because there are other things that are more important, like, for example, letting us stay on our drones. <laughs> That's, That's always my one. go-to. Yeah. Let me stay on my drone after the prep phase. Um, but no, I love this idea. Anything you would add to it? Not that I can think of off the top. Excuse me, off the top of my head. Like, Showing maybe where you are for like the duration of the match, and maybe where you stood for most of the time, um, just showing like your trail throughout the match of where yeah. you went. You can say, like, okay, for three and a half minutes or for two and a half minutes, I was way over here doing nothing while it looks like everybody else is over here. Mm-hmm. Like that needs to change. Or you can see like constant trends from like, okay, attackers are always over here on this part of the map at the beginning. Like we should be over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. That would be great. Like like different rounds and see what happens in each round. That'd be sweet. So let's activate the peepee. Engage the peepee. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Let's go into listener questions from the Discord. All hail the Lord is our first listener question on the Discord, and he says, "Do you think Ubi went a little overboard with the canal rework? I can barely recognize it anymore." No, I do not think so. I like the new look. I think the aesthetic has changed but it hasn't changed up i recognize the map i recognize the rooms but we played it a lot before i think the problem is most people never played canal all that often because they usually didn't play casual that much and then when they did play casual it's one in freaking 18 chance that they ever got it and so it's like you never played canal but i knew canal well i knew the call outs and everything for canal yeah and i recognize it nearly 100 percent now yeah i, I mean my first time playing i knew where i was the only place that's really like significantly different is probably the basement of uh, Coast Guard. Of Coast Guard, and even I would even say that's like, not that bad. Yeah, I'd say like second floor of uh, Coast, control well, it center. It used to be CC three and CG two. Yeah, the, not but the map room, but the one now the top there. floors of the rooms because there's that whole new connector up there, and that like stairs that goes down that just didn't used to be there. And those two rooms are different on Coast Guard side, and then yeah. CC3 or CC2. It's, it's mostly now. like where things connect is where it got the most different. Yeah. I feel like the actual spaces themselves stayed relatively the same. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think they did a really great job. Yeah. I don't know all the colors of the stairs. I know red stairs is the control center, the main stairs, and yellow stairs are the ones that go down to basement of Coast Guard. Green stairs is the one on the far east side of the map over by the um, construction spawn. Okay. That goes up to CC2. Yeah. Okay. And then what's the blue? Blue must be the ones that are Coast Guard that go from the new bridge down to second floor, or I guess first floor of Coast Guard. I think that's right. That's I'm not sure. sure. But anyway, no, I think they did a really, really good job. They did a great job. I, Yeah, I don't think they went overboard. They did not pull a Hereford base. Drifted Away asked, I've noticed the Cafe and Canal now have, an, on average, longer sight lines. Do you think that this will make the extended barrel more viable on these maps? So first of all, I'm not sure if I agree with the premise that there's longer sight lines. I think those are yeah. maps that already had long sight lines and they they remained. Like where on cafe do you are there longer sight lines? Like there's the really long one on the bottom floor from like uh-huh. those corner like windows the, down to the bar, right? right? But that was always there. That was always a really uh-huh. long sight That's line. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, the stuff on the top floor in the balcony, like looking all the way across the balcony, I feel like that was more or less already there. I guess like the only new thing would be is like how the mezzanine extends now, and you can like. Yeah, from mezzanine to, to mezzanine. Be, yeah. The, like from the other that's balcony to balcony. But that's just But yeah, like I don't I don't think that's any longer than it used to be from I mean, like no longer than the, pillar the, room into yeah. trains. Right. So I, I don't think I agree with the premise. However, do we think that the uh extended barrel is more viable on these maps than on others? No. Yeah, I don't think it's viable at all, to be honest. <laughs> because, because you're taking away, you're losing like a compensator or... Right, which is going to let you hit them in the first place. Right. So I don't think that extra, what, let's say 20% damage, yeah. I think is probably generous, uh, is going to help you if you are if you have less chance of hitting them at all because you don't have a compensator or, or a flash hider even or whatever, right? So I, you know, I, don't, I don't think so. Maybe if you had the perfect gun that had very low recoil and like maybe like something like the... Um, uh, what's Frost gun? Oh, uh, nine forty. Frost SMG with millimeter. with the extended barrel, but doesn't it not really have any other barrel attachments anyway? So the extended yeah, barrel is the way to go. The only one, a suppressor. Yeah, so so in that case, it's like we well, are already using an extended barrel. So yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I think the extended barrel just doesn't make a lot of sense to use overall. Maybe on the UMP forty five, like that's pretty steady on its own. I could see extended barrel. Yeah. Spartan 11 asks, do you think Goyo is overpowered and will be nerfed in the future? Examples given, take away a shield. Um, yes. No. Yes and no. Yes, I could see them taking away a shield. I don't really feel like he's overpowered right now. I just haven't. Yeah, I think it's too early to say. Yeah, I haven't. He has not yet like shown me that like, oh, shit, Goyo. I, I am surprised that I didn't take away a shield before the test server yeah, went live. Me too. Um. Because, again, we saw that happen with Kaid before he went from test server to live game. They took away one of his Artillas, and I still think he should get it back. Uh, but, nope. I, I mean, for now, I think he's okay. He hasn't broken the game, and uh, it'll be interesting to see as people learn to use him better and better whether or not he starts to feel OP. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
satisfying. Asks, what do you think about an operator that can turn unbreakable surfaces into breakable ones? If not a whole surface, just part of it, they'd synergize well with soft breachers and operators like Fuse. Potentially even could work well for defense. I think it'd be interesting to see. So here's the thing. I think that sounds like an interesting idea, but then you get into the danger of um, breaking maps. Yeah. Right. So for one thing, a lot of those hard walls uh, may not have anything behind it, right? Like it, it may be a wall like into another wall or something just because... That's has built. Yeah, like, whatever. Um, And then two, just like they've balanced where destructible surfaces are around map balance, right? So like the, just the reason they put the destructible surface there was because it worked the best in their testing of the map. Right. Um, and that's why the other surfaces aren't destructible. And we talked about this, I think last week about like when you allow everything to be destructible, then you essentially end up with a leveled map where that's broken. That's broken. Yeah. It's yeah. not fun to play. We had this experience in battlefield that we've talked about in battlefield five. We've noticed there's certain maps where like, it's really, really good when all these houses are up and the houses go down and it, and then it's just super a flat imbalanced. beach. Yeah. It, it that's sucks. not fun. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, even if it's just at a technical level, it doesn't sound like it would be worth the effort to do. Um, I, I might, might be interested in them introducing a new kind of wall. That's like semi breachable. Yeah. Or, or using more often the semi breachable walls they have, right? The, the walls Those that, that you can breach beams. sight lines, but metal beams block you from going through. I'd be interested to see that in more places. Yeah. And Preza Tom asks, I believe if you ping an enemy within five seconds of their death, you should get an assist. This system would be a great way to incentivize teammates to go on cams after they're dead and would give some credit for people who helped up the kill. What do you guys think? Okay, so two things. One, right now assists are only based off of if you did damage to a player. Echo drone assists, Gersma assists, um, alibi scan assists valkyries like all those that come up and say like spot assist or whatever do not give you points for an or don't give you an assist on the board Mm -hmm. second this is going to cost people just pinging like consistently just to try to get an assist on the board that you do not want them to be ping there's no reason to ping on cams almost ever unless you're trying to get them to shoot through a wall like you can call them out unless you're trying to get them like peek and have the live spots but like right there's no reason to ping someone on the first floor or like just say they're on first floor. Ping, you lose ping your should be used sparingly. Yeah. Um, and then third, I believe there should just be a separate scoreboard assist, like other assists. So there should be like kill assists and like other assists that shows like the echo drone assists and like the Valkyrie spotting assists and just all that stuff in general. So that's like, okay, you didn't do damage to the person, but you did get an assist. That's that you assisted in the kill in some way or another. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with the scoreboard having an extra thing for that but that's my take on that um okay uh steel switch has a question uh what's your opinion on my ideal buffs so he's got four buffs that he would like to see let's talk about them so number one kai gets his third claw that was stolen away we just said yes absolutely please two castle barricades will not allow fuse charges to go through sledge takes two swings instead of one to break yes I'm fine with I don't that. know about the fuse charges. I'm fine with it. I think that's uh, part of what makes fuse good. Like one of the only things that fuse has going for him. Castle's there, and it's like, oh yeah, free fuse. Yes, exactly. Um, and if Castle's not using a mute, then that's Castle's own fault. Um, so I don't know about that one. The sledge one, I do like. I like the idea of like a first swing that like damages it, and you can maybe see through it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then the second swing brings it down. I think that makes it a lot more interesting. Um, 
And then we've talked about other castle buffs before that we support. So, are you going to say it's up there too? Uh, I was going to let you do it, but I'll do it. Three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Warden's glasses act like Ying's visor, and he can always see through smoke at all times. Plus, he gets two smokes to toss. I don't. I don't think that's. No. I don't like. Um... I don't like him having smokes, because I don't like I get the fact that like right now he's relying on other people to make decisions that makes him good but giving him smokes is making him like glass where he's just putting down smoke and then like going in it and shooting at people sure and then you also have to remember that it's not just smokes that he sees through it's also the flash immunity um that's another thing he gets i also don't like it acting like king's visor where you always see through smoke i think that's a little op i think he should have no movement penalty um, or at least very minor. It should be very, like maybe maybe minor. it gets more hazy where it's harder to see, but you should always be able to see through, I think, when you have it activated. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even make it activate for less time. I'd yeah. be fine with that. But like he should get a huge advantage when smoke is down. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I think he should have that huge advantage. He should also be able to bring it back up the same as Cavera and Vigil use their cooldown abilities. Yeah. Agreed. And to us Nook is the other one. And his last uh, buff is Tachanka make his turret automatically fire by setting up some tripwire on a doorway or window like Capkin traps. As soon as someone goes through the triggering device, the turret automatically turns to the direction and fires by itself. And of course, it could also be controlled by an operator physically. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I still like the idea of different types of ammo inside of the Tachanka turret. Uh, yeah, where you could shoot like smoke grenades or something out of it or flashbangs or something. Yeah. Concussions. Yeah, I would I would like that too. I think this is this is an interesting idea though. Like yeah, I think there's a lot of ways you could go with this turret um to make it a little more interesting. We talked about like being able to uh control it remotely like or whatever and it would have like a smaller magazine or something. Um but this would be cool, especially like if you go over the tripwire if there was some noise that like was very distinct, you know, that yeah. that made you know and then it takes like maybe a half second or a second to to turn to the direction and start shooting. Yeah. But I think that would be really cool. That'd be cool. I like it. I would try it. Rush seventeen says, New Ops question. Amaru, has anyone seen her use at high level successfully? I see the potential in her gadget, but in the golden silver ranks, and anyone who plays her just dies. That is generous of you calling golden silver ranks the higher levels. <laughs> <laughs> is she workable in her current phase? Do we simply need more testing guidance on how to use her? Um okay, so I don't I wouldn't consider gold and silver higher levels of play, although I do think she's useless even in our level of play, which is like high gold. Um but what I did is I went ahead and went into Siege Academy and asked them if any of those higher level players that are in the platinum diamond area have seen her use successfully. Most of them said they have never seen her played. I had two people, one person said yes, she enters the building off tempo and it throws off Roma routes. I said, is it something you see frequently or is it something people will adapt to? Says, I'm not being too quick to judge since not everyone has access to the operator yet. It's not something you can really adapt to. You just have to be more on your toes than usual when roaming and try to ID here as fast as possible. So basically it puts people off tempo, but it looks like other than that, she's not viable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other ones specifically mentions archives on consulate. She can get in there within the first 10 seconds of the round, which is just so quick. So I think really where she's viable is the fact that she can take a room like Archives Consulate or maybe even like CCTV on Border. Border. On Border. <laughs> That's the second time you've done that. Yeah, I know. Border. <laughs> <laughs> take CCTV on Border faster than anyone else is really ready for someone to be there. 
But I think other than that, she's just not. Wait, archives on consulate is like server room. What are we talking about? Oh, whoa, weird. Wait, I think what I thought was admin office when he said that. He says archives on consulate within the first 10 seconds by using her Gara hook on the window by skylight. And then your outside archives already works well with enemy on archives. The window by skylight. I think he's talking about admin office. He's talking about admin office. That's that that's that window that goes into that little kitchen or yeah. the copy room or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about that. So yeah, like I mean, I think we're early to be judging. Just like with Goyo, I think we're a little early to judge. I do think that her gadget is more fun than it is effective. Uh-huh. Um, but I think if you were dedicated to Amaru, I think you could find ways to make her work. Um, I mean, she she does do something very unique. And I think that that like that proposition of doing something very unique that nobody else can do means that with creative play, you can make something happen. Right. And it's just like, it's more of a, um, more of a useful when it's useful type ability. I'm trying to think of like an analogous operator. Um, is a good one. I don't know. Like there, like I feel like there's some operators where it's like when it's useful, it can come really in handy, but you just don't try to force it, right? So I think that's where she is. Okay, Blind Robot asked, "I'll try to keep this question short." I bought the game two weeks ago when it was on sale. Well, welcome to Rainbow Six Siege, my friend. Congratulations and congratulations on finding the best Rainbow Six Siege podcast. Also, good. good job. I I learned the mechanics uh, in Newcomer and started to learn the maps. I did my placements this weekend. Wow, you got to level 30 in two weeks. That's dedication. Uh, and placed high high gold three, low gold two with the positive KD. The thing that held me back was the callouts. What's a good way to learn callouts when you're solo queuing? So I think one thing to recognize at first is there aren't necessarily universal callouts. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are like very, very common and close to universal, but like some of them are going to depend on who you're playing with. So like it's not always going to be easy to to do. Now, to learn what callouts people are using, one thing you could do is just walk around the maps and pay attention to what the uh, the rooms are called because a lot of the maps people do use the built-in game callouts. Mm-hmm. Um, also just pay attention to the major features in a room, because even if you don't know the proper call out, if you see a piano in a room, there's a good chance you can call out piano and people will know what you're talking about. Right. So do like a lot of rooms have this landmark feature, you know, on coastline there's bowl room, which obviously the room with the mechanical bowl, there's shark stairs, right? Like there's, there's some things that are very obvious. Just pay attention to these big features in the rooms. Um, and that can help you a lot, even if you don't get maybe the call that everybody uses, at least something that people will recognize. Do you have any tips? One thing you could do, you can go to r6maps.com and you can load up the maps and look at all the call outs on a map layout. And that shows you the names of every single room. And that's based on the in-game call outs? In-game call outs, right. And some, some things aren't called by the in-game call outs, but usually they are. Usually they're pretty close. Yeah. Um, the only problem with r6 maps is it's not up to date the last map that it has on here is theme park so it's it's missing fortress and outback and the new hereford and new cafe mm-hmm. uh what did we just new canal yeah it's not totally up to date yeah but it's it's a utility you can use for sure um, um, pay attention to colors too colors especially if stairs they've done a really stairs. good job with color coding stairs recently stairs is one thing that people will call by colors or spiral stairs or square stairs yeah blue stairs 
Um, also one like really common call out is 90. So a 90 just means like there's a 90 degree, mm-hmm. uh, turn in like a hallway usually. So like, um, for example, on uh Villa, there's the, on the upstairs by aviator objective, there's the hallway outside where the two hallways meet and there's the wall that you can breach into the vault. Uh, that's right. what people call 90 on that map. So things like that. Yeah, the other 90 that I can think of is coastline, like on second floor at the courtyard, kind of. There's a 90 degree kind of between the two objectives. Yeah. I guess by the by VIP. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, the best thing is just time. You just yeah. you just got to keep playing with it. And like, Listening if, to what people if, say. Uh, yeah, if like, if you're trying to make a call out and you can't figure out what it is, you know, maybe like after the round ends, you can ask your team like, hey, like where you died there, what's, what's that call out? Like I, I was trying to warn you, I didn't know what the call out was. And people are generally nice about, you know, if you're actively trying to learn, people are usually pretty nice about helping out. Yeah, people still say stuff, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what is that call out? <laughs> like, oh, it's us. I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You watch Pro League too, they say the call outs in Pro League while they're constantly. And you can. Yeah, that's, pick it that's up. a really good place to pick it up. If you just watch a few Pro League matches, you'll pick up some call outs. I would, I would just focus on one map at a time, you know? Yeah. And do that. Anyway, welcome to the game, man. Yeah, glad to have you such a good game okay well that's gonna do it for this week thank you guys so much for listening we will have another episode for you next friday as always and don't forget to save october 4th in the the evening for the u.s to uh to play some siege and we'll put out that sign up form um unrenowned community play day it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be a blast it's gonna be great as my friend tony the tiger would say yeah chris are we gonna play siege this week we are probably going to play Siege this week. Okay, we're going to get back to Siege. Come watch us play. But I'm Ragai. Battlefield's fun. He's just a low with three O's. Uh-oh. See you next time. Just goodbye. Goodbye.